0: Everybody happy? all right? Good. Last week, I uh, thought it would be good in my spirit uh, to take us into talking about healing through deliverance. And uh, so, I thought maybe at the end, I thought that three or four people would come forward and uh, we'd have a wonderful time. We had about 60 people come forward. So then I was in a panic. I'm looking around for all of my prayer warriors. And so then we're recruiting prayer warriors. And uh, and we had some great breakthroughs last week. We really did. We had some great, great breakthroughs with people last week. So uh, I wanted to do it again. But then I think sometimes with a message like that, because that was not an exhaustive message by any means, nor meant to be an exhaustive message on deliverance or, de- or healing through deliverance, uh, I think sometimes then you need to have another one to explain everything you meant to say. So then coming into, you know, coming into Monday, there were some interesting questions that came forth. Uh, and uh, so I thought that we would take a moment and answer some of those questions today. And then uh, get back into a little bit of that ministry uh, at the end of the service. Is that all right? So, first of all, I was talking about last week, I was telling you that there's three primary methods that God ministers healing. So, there's three biblical or primary biblical methods that God ministers healing. Uh, one is gifts of the Spirit. So, one of the, let's say that together, gifts of the Spirit. So, through gifts of the Spirit, the fact is, if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, 7 through 11, where the nine gifts of the Spirit are mentioned, one of those actually is healing, right? So, that's actually in there. That's actually one that is uh, mentioned. Uh, And another one that's mentioned there that we don't talk a lot about is miracles. Miracles uh, can be uh, the growing out of a limb. If you don't have a limb, you don't need a healing. You need a miracle. Uh, if you don't have something in your brain, you don't need a healing. You need a miracle. If you don't have something going, if you're missing something, right? If you're if you're missing something anywhere physically, uh, you need a miracle. Well, that's one of the gifts of the spirit. Now, with the gifts of the spirit, uh, it says here in First Corinthians 12, and we aren't even going to go there because that's not the sermon. But it uh, but it says that that Father, that the Holy Spirit distributes these as He wills, and we could read that as Oh if he's in a good mood, as he wills. Or we could read it as he distributes these as he wills. He wills to distribute these. Uh, And then it says, and he distributes them for the common good. Now, what we find with the gifts of the Spirit, when the gifts of the Spirit are uh, heightened and there's a release of the gifts of the Spirit, uh, any of those nine gifts of the Spirit, then uh, there's no faith on behalf of the receiver needed. So that's why I was telling you last week, a person can be healed through the ministry of the gifts of the Spirit and lose their healing if there's some other reason that they've been sick if they received the healing under the ministry of the gifts of the Spirit. And probably the six things I'm going to talk about today in Rapid Fire Speed uh, could potentially be one of those ways that a person could lose uh, their healing uh, if they receive healing through the gifts of the Spirit, but there's no faith required whatsoever uh, uh, for you to receive through the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, the second way to receive healing, the second biblical way, is through the Word of God, is through biblical faith. So as it was, I believe it is in Mark chapter five. Uh, is it Mark five? You'll help me. I didn't. I didn't go there this morning. But uh, Mark chapter five, the lady with the issue of blood. And it says that she sought him out in a crowd uh, because she had heard that he was healing. And she said to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. So this, and then when she was healed, and she did that, she pressed through the crowd, she risked everything to do that. She touches him. It says immediately virtue was dispensed through him to her. And, uh, and he kind of recognized something was going on uh, in the spirit realm, right? And then he said, who touched me? And then they said, this woman here. And then he said, daughter, your faith has made you whole, right? So the second way that God heals is by uh, us uh, using us, uh, developing us uh, acquiring us, leveraging our faith according to the Word. And in that case, uh, what she had heard, uh, it wasn't even Logos. What she had heard uh, running around through the community or in the Galilee Gazette, it wasn't Logos. She hadn't heard the Logos. Uh, she, she heard uh, something out of the Galilee Gazette. Hey, uh, this guy if you just touch this guy, you'll get healed. I mean, this guy is like, and so when she heard it, The Holy Spirit breathed upon it. It became rhema to her like a prophetic utterance on the strings of her heart, and it quickened something within her, and she began to try to figure out where he was going to be next and pursue him so that she could touch him. And she said to herself, she continued to say to herself, what the Holy Spirit had quickened to her when she read the Galilee Gazette, if people just touch this guy, they get healed. That's the second way the Holy Spirit uh, ministers healing to us, biblical. The third way is through deliverance. And so we see that throughout the Bible. We see that throughout the ministry of Jesus. But we don't practice it in our churches. We don't practice it in our own lives. We haven't been taught on it. We don't understand it. We don't realize its relevance and, 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 and its reality. And so many times we're trying to talk God into healing us, uh, when uh, uh, he's already taking... He's already we don't have to document. him into it. Uh, many times what's happening is there's some kind of a demonic uh, issue tied to the sickness. And so rather than us seeing that God is withholding healing from us, we need to see that something needs to be bound and dismissed. And that if something present needs to be bound and dismissed... Then it's not only keeping us from what God already sent but it's also uh, it's keeping us uh, in this this uh situation where we we wonder You know, what's up with this? You know, how come God only heals a few? And how come I don't get my healing? And so it also messes with our theology. It messes with our brain if we don't include this third way that God heals. So that's why I I wanted to bring this to you, submit this to you, that this is a valuable, this is a valid, this is a, a powerful way that God heals, is that he has given you in Jesus the authority of Jesus. And when you think about when you think about Mark sixteen, fifteen, when you think about any of these passages about like Mark sixteen, fifteen. Believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Believers shall drive out, shall dismiss, shall ikbalo, shall drive out demons, they shall go. When you think about that, don't just think about uh, the people out there somewhere in some God-forsaken land that are under some kind of a witch doctor and they're just these terrible people. And No, when you think about this, it's all tied together. Uh, it's all part of what we enter into. Uh, believers shall... Uh, drive out demons. And and where do we start driving them out? Wherever we find them. Usually, my hand goes on my head first. Come on, somebody. All right, go. Get out of me in the name of Jesus. All right, so uh, just wherever, wherever they're causing trouble. Uh, That's where we drive them up. So uh, one thing to resolve and, and just throw a couple thoughts at you is that God desires and intends that we live out the number of our days. God desires and intends that we live out the number of our days. Uh, Psalm 92, uh, 12. The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They will be full of sap and very green. I think I'd rather be tan, but that's all right. To declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. The Lord wants you to live out the number of your days. This is, what, this is his heart toward you, right? Is this all right? Uh, Isaiah 65, 20. This is interesting. So if you, you know, all of us who believe in the end times uh, wrap up of all things, uh, we believe that there will be a second coming or a rapture and kind of a winding up of things. And all of us believe that on the other side of that, this Mortal will take on immortality. This corruptible will take on incorruption. Isaiah 65 talks about a time that's coming before that ever happens. Isaiah 65, 20. Listen to this. No longer will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his days, for the youth will die at the age of 100. That's a young guy and the one who does not reach the age of 100 shall be thought to be accursed. Now, notice the emphasis on the word die. If the emphasis is on the word die, that means this is happening before the last trumpet. This is happening to the righteous before the second coming or the rapture or however you see the millennium or whatever you've got for your end-time theology. This is happening before all of that. In other words, the, right, the, the days of the righteous are going to get longer, not shorter. Don't believe the report of the world. Don't believe all of the garbly-goo you're hearing out there. The Word of God is telling you right here, in various places that as the righteous grow and as the kingdom grows and as the gospel leavens the earth, the lifespan of the righteous will increase. Now, I'm just throwing that out. That's like a little appetizer right there. Just That was a cheese stick I popped at you. Uh, and you can just meditate on that later. You can read all of 65, all of Isaiah 65 and meditate on it. And you'll find this is stuff happening before he wraps it all up with the last trumpet, however you think that's going to happen. So get, for, get, get ready to live a long time. Get ready to live a healthy long time. A healthy long time. A healthy long time. Come on. Grandma Phyllis was leading Bible studies just last year, 93 years old. Driving down, having a big women's Bible study. Get ready for that. Amen. Okay, so other reasons. I want to go in now uh, just real quick. Reasons for sickness and suffering. What are some reasons for sickness and suffering? Some of it's tied together with the demonic. Some of it is not so clearly tied together with the demonic. And this is where uh, uh, healing through deliverance isn't to solve everything. You're missing a foot, I can't cast that out. You need a miracle, right? Uh, So deliverance doesn't solve everything, though uh, there can be unclean uh, ministry that can attach itself to every lack or every area of harm. Number one, though, reasons for sickness and suffering. Physical malady... Physical lack, physical harm as a result of inherited defect or disorder. Okay, uh, some of that can be very complicated. Some of that can be a birth defect. Uh, some of that can be some of that can be a little less complicated. Uh, in terms of you know, did this come out of uh, a lineage situation, a generational situ- situation? How did this happen? Trying to figure it out. Uh, uh, when Joel was working at the hospital uh, last year the year before, one thing she was seeing that's on an increase is uh, the alcohol uh, fetal syndrome, the, the drug fetal syndrome, some of that. Just so many uh, children now getting born, being born that are harmed uh, due to what mom was doing uh, while they were in the womb. Uh, so some of some of that I'm just going to submit to you. Some of that, they need a miracle. Uh, this is where we need uh, other ways uh, for the, word, the, the Lord to be working. And I believe that the Word also has creative power. And so even as uh, if, we don't, if we run off to a crusade somewhere, we go to the Benny Hinn meeting and we don't get a miracle, this is where the Lord's saying, well, there's more than one way for you to lay hold of that which you need And another way is through the word. He calls those things that are not as though they are and gives life to the dead. We see with Sarah and with Abram, on purpose he lets, on purpose, so that it would be a miracle, so that it would be a miracle of faith, so it would be a symbolic act that looked like the Christ who was coming. He allows Sarah's womb to dry up. He allows Abram's seed to dry up. They get up to a hundred and whatever years old before, and, 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 and so that the miracle would come after their ability to reproduce was dead. And so we see though in Romans chapter 4, 17-21, Abram he considered his body as good as dead. He realized that things were dead with Sarah, but he did not grow dim in his faith. He did not retreat on his faith, but it says in the King James, he waxed bold in his faith. He got stronger in his faith, giving glory to God, believing that he who made the promise was well able to perform on the promise. So if you don't get what you need through uh, a crusade somewhere do not cast away your hope do not throw away your hope wait for that rhema from god wait for that word to quicken your heart if you can just touch his garment if you'll just if you'll just continue to praise it it, it might look like everything's bad and somebody else you know comes along and tells you uh yeah I won't go into that all right so that, that was a deep rabbit trail. It would take too long. Uh, number two, though, number two, the result of a spiritual and psychological issue that's unresolved. This is a second reason for sickness and disease, the result of the spiritual and or psychological issue that's unresolved. See, as I was talking in communion this morning, uh, if our horizontal relationships are messed up, then what's happening is that it sets us in a situation where we are not demonstrating, this is Matthew 18, we're not demonstrating mercy as we've received mercy. Now, before you came to God and received a fullness of mercy, you didn't need to show mercy to anybody. You could be an absolute bad person. But when you come under God's mercy and you receive mercy, suddenly he requires that you show mercy. So if you start living outside of mercy, then he has to withdraw his hand of protection over you, essentially, which allows the enemy access to you. And as the enemy is judging the whole world, those who follow after him with sickness and disease, then you are opened up to that very thing as well because you refuse to walk in mercy and compassion to your fellow man. So he tells us in multiple passages that this is dangerous and in 1 Corinthians, we read that. He says some of you are weak, some are sick, some of you are dying prematurely just because you won't love each other. You won't agape each other. There's phileo. Phileo says, I'll be your friend. But agape says, no, unconditionally I'll lay down my life for you. So he, does, he calls us beyond phileo. There's three kinds of love outlined in the New Testament, eros, agape phileo. He says, no, 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 no. You, you got to go beyond phileo. You can start with phileo when you come into the body of Christ, but you're going to have to learn to agape one another. While they are yet, Romans 5, 8, while they are yet unworthy, you got to love them. Before they get worthy, you got to love them. When they're still acting unworthy, you got to love them. Are they in the body? Love them. Are they next door to you? Love them. Are they sharing the same? Did they sit in your chair this morning? Love them. Did they park in your spot this morning? Love them. Did they get your last coffee? Love them. Did they buy the last edition of Move Your Mountain? Love them. That's number two. Number three. Number three, the result of breaking the natural laws of proper diet, sleep, exercise, cleansing. See, now this doesn't appear to be, this doesn't appear to, uh, 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 to be spiritual. This, this appears to be physiological, but there could be spiritual things linked to this. I mean, I think there's seducing spirits drawing us in to stupid living. I, I really do, so I think we have to be careful, uh, even, uh, e- uh, yeah. no, I was just going to say, uh, one, one of my close friends who's had quite a drinking problem uh, was, share, was sharing even recently, you know, that it's, not about, uh, it's not about the alcohol, it's about the sugar. He, he was addicted to sugar. Budweiser is made out of rice alcohol. It's the most addictive sugar on the planet. And so we get sugar bellies. We call it a beer belly, but it's a sugar belly. We become a sugar daddy. So I I really think you might be examining your problem and thinking it's just physiological and it could be. I mean, how many of us just ate, you know, iceberg lettuce and you know, smashed potatoes for so many years till our, our bowel gave up. We got diverticulitis and everything just you know, nothing would flow. Can I talk about flowing on a Sunday morning? You got to flow, baby. If you ain't flowing, you're going to die. You are not going to fulfill your Isaiah 65 word. You'd be involved in ministry till you're about 65. Then this body will, it just this body is just not, it's just not made for that much abuse. So we're abusing ourselves with our diet and uh, the way we live and, and, and just, I there's too much abuse going on. Come on now. Those of you that are doing set-ups every day, one set-up to get out of bed, one set-up to get back in. You're doing a push-up every day, one away from the table. That'd be three push-ups a day right there for me, baby. All right, so this is real, though. And, and what we got to look for, okay, is there something demonic-attached? Is there something demonic at that? Am I being seduced into this diet? uh, I had a relative that was drinking how many Pepsis a day? 10 Pepsis a day or something like that? Uh, And he's, you know, and at a young age, 58 years old or something like that, I mean, his body just rebelled. He absolutely, his body rebelled, and all at once he's, you know, he's in to see the doctor, he's got blood pressure issues and hypertension issues and all this stuff going on, Uh, After a while, the body said, I'm done. Now, could could there be a spiritual thing tied? Could there be something spiritual tied to your poor diet or your lack of exercise? Might be. Might be. Have you thought about that? Especially if there's stress involved, especially if it's comfort food. All right, number four. Some suffering comes from your mouth. Some suffering comes from your mouth. Some sickness and disease and and affliction is actually coming out of your mouth because, because the way you talk... Uh, The way you talk, it's going into your future so that when you arrive there, it's going to create the reality you're going to live in when you get there. And so some of this is a result of the vows that we have made and the way we've talked. Uh, And if you don't believe your word is seed, if you don't believe the way you talk has power, then uh, God bless you. I'll see you on a hospital visit in about 10 years. And it won't be you visiting me. It'll be me visiting you. God has to honor what you believe and confess. God has to honor. And uh, you're, you're looking for sloppy grace that, 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 that goes beyond the way you talk? It's not going to happen. Let's read the word, Matthew 12, 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, and he wasn't talking to the New Horizon people at this time. Uh, you brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good, the evil man brings out of his evil treasure that which is evil. But I tell you, but I tell you that every careless word that people speak, or the word there uh, is, another translation says idle word, every non productive word, every non every Every non purpose filled word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. For your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. Now, and I don't think that, I don't think all your words are going to come up on a screen. I think that the result of your life, the result of your life is going to be the justification of the word you spoke. And you're, you're going to get there. You're going to you know, see the film play, and you're going to be, oh, that's why that happened to me. Oh, boy, I, I never knew I said that so much. Oh, my word. Well, that's why that. And you're, you're going to discover that the way you talked was tied to the way that it went. So we've got to change the way we're talking. Number five, sickness, disease, disease can be the result of demonic assignments sent to oppress us. Some suffering clearly is a result of demonic assignments on assignment to trouble, to harm, to oppress us. Generational assignments, generational weaknesses, uh, bondages, attacks, curses, uh, and these, these have to be confronted. These are clearly spiritual. By the way, I think the last one can be spiritual, too. Every one of these can have maybe a little spiritual element to it. So that's why I'm throwing this out, and I'm saying you got to be praying, thinking, processing, discerning, uh, because that last area, uh, the way you talk, that negative speech uh, could be tied to something spiritual, right? Uh, number five, though, number five, when we talk about, when we think about this, it's possible to have an affliction caused by a spirit. Let's read Luke 13 again real quick. We okay? Everybody all right? Luke 13, 11, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and there was a woman who for 18 years had a sickness caused by a spirit. And she was bent Double and could not straighten up at all when Jesus saw her he called her over and said woman You are freed from your sickness, and he laid his hands on her So he prays over her he commands her to be healed by the way by the way he didn't ask father to heal her Uh, Jesus never healed by asking father to heal somebody Jesus only healed By announcing the healing commanding the healing or dismissing the demonic That's the way he healed When we pray over you this morning, we're not going to ask Father to heal you. Uh, We are going to announce you healed. We're going to receive the healing that's yours, and we're going to dismiss the demonic oppression or hindrance or harm that's been afflicting you. That's the way it works because we're not praying from earth. We're praying from heaven. We're seated right now in the heavenlies. We're seated right now at the throne with the Lord, we are hidden in him. So when we pray with the authority of Jesus, Christian, O Christian, in the building today, when we pray, we don't pray as ones who beg, we pray as ones who have authority. We, we represent Jesus. The word Christian means those who also are anointed. So we don't address things as beggars. Amen. Right? Okay so uh, he laid hands on her immediately she was made erect again and began glorifying God but the synagogue official was indignant because Jesus had healed on the sabbath and began to say uh, 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 began uh, and began saying to the crowd in response there are 6 days in which work should be done so come and get uh, healed Uh, on them and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead him to water? And this woman, a daughter of Abraham as she is, whom Satan has bound for 18 long years, should she not have been released from this bond on the Sabbath day? And as he said this, all of his opponents were being humiliated and the entire crowd was rejoicing over the glorious things done. So we see this is a spine problem. She had a spine problem. Uh, Scoliosis, uh, cancer, shingles, viruses. I mean, there's actually, there's no part of your body that's off limits uh, to the enemy afflicting. Because he's a lawbreaker. uh, He is your enemy. He's an aggressor. He's a liar. uh, He's one who harms. And... uh, We don't know what this might be tied to you. You might get an insight on what it's tied to last week as I was praying for somebody I said do you know when it started and they said yeah about six years ago all right, okay, so To you that harmed this lady you that came against this lady six years ago release her in the name of Jesus and it began to release her spirits release us and let go and Manifest in their departure with breath Usually some kind of a yawn, uh, some kind of a little, uh, a little burp, um, some kind of a wheeze, a cough, or a sneeze, uh, some kind of pressure up in the head, and uh, it, it's displaced, and it leaves us. And this is real. And when we bring a resistance against them because you don't deserve them. Hello. If you're in Jesus, and if you've made things right with God and right with your fellow man, then they are trespassing illegally. Doesn't mean that they automatically go. Doesn't mean they automatically go. They're trespassing illegally. If you confront them, then they will obey and they will leave. Amen. Uh, I'm going to stop with that, and we're going to we're going to. Uh, I'm going to give you one more thought, and then we'll close and open for prayer. Um, There's a reason we have to rebuke the enemy. And by by the way, this is so biblical. I'll read you one passage. This is so biblical. Uh, When Brian Simmons was here, he talked about the sword of the Spirit. He said something so deep, so cool, so awesome. Uh, He was talking about an, an additional or an alternative meaning for the word sword of the Spirit. Now, sword of the Spirit's in Hebrews 4.12, and it's in Ephesians chapter 6. And he says, actually, the word can be translated, not just double-edged sword. And in Hebrews 4, it says that the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. But he said it's, the translation could be double-mouthed sword. Double-mouthed sword. And this is the way the Word of God works. This is the way the sword of the Lord works. This is why uh, when we agree with what he's bound on earth with our mouth, then he will bind it. When we agree with what he's loosed on earth with our mouth, then he will loose it. It's a double-edged or a double mouth sword. That's what the sword of the Lord is. It's a double. And so this is all throughout the Bible is that, that there's this divine partnership with your mouth and his mouth, with your word and his word. That when you, so when you rebuke the enemy, when you rebuke sickness, disease, cancer, some, some affliction that's, that's been harming you, troubling you, causing fatigue, causing weakness, when you rebuke, when our prayer ministers rebuke that off of you and over you, then the word of the Lord is present in the rebuke. It's a double-mouthed rebuke. It's a double-mouthed rebuke. Now, I want you to see this because this is the way God has worked all the way through, all the way through. For instance, when he told them, and, and bear with me, this is my first closing. And I know right after this, some of you have to run. Some of you, it's like, okay, I got it, and uh, I don't need prayer. And so you can run and, and forgive the pastor for being over again. But uh, those of you that need prayer, we'll open it up. I want the band to come quickly. Uh, and uh, we'll open it up, and I'm going to have the uh, prophetic and the, the mentoring team come forward. Um, and uh, we'll just get ready to do that. Numbers 33, 55. Um, See, see, the promised land is a parallel of your promise. The promised land is a parallel of your promised land. And he says, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rebuke uh, the Amorites, the Jebusites, those seven tribes. I'm going to rebuke them. I'm going to drive them out. I'm going to send hornets and angels ahead of you, and I'm going to drive them out. But then he says, but you've got to drive them out too. It was a double rebuke. It was a double drive. It was a double confrontation. And that when they cooperated with his rebuke or his driving, he even used the word drive, which is the same word that we use in the New Testament for dismissing an unclean spirit. Ekbalo in the Greek. You're going to drive them out. And in Numbers 33, 55, Then the Lord spoke to Moses in the plain of Moab by the Jordan opposite Jericho, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When you cross over into the Jordan, into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you and destroy all their figured stones, destroy their molten images, destroy their high places, and take possession of the land and live in it. For I've given you the land to possess it. You shall inherit the land by lot. Verse 56, jumping down, up, verse, verse 55. But if you shall not drive out the inhabitants of the land before you, then it will come about that those that you let remain will become unto you like snares in your eyes, thorns in your sides. They will trouble you in the land that you live. As I plan to do to them, so I will do to you. Now, this is interesting because throughout the word, he's told them, I'm going to drive them out. But then we find parallel passages where he says, you have to partner with me. It has to be a double-mouthed rebuke. Let's stand. Now, those of you, I'm just going to ask you, maybe you came forward last week. You might have even got a little bit of breakthrough last week. I'm going to just ask you to humor me and do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Come forward. Uh, get in a line. If there's anything been troubling you physically, uh, any kind of sickness, any kind of disease, any kind of physical harm, any kind of fatigue, any kind of weakness, headaches, viruses, uh, sinus infections, uh, Issues with limbs, soreness in knees, uh, injury or or problem in the back, uh, anything that's been happening, uh, difficulty in the neck, uh, we're just going to come anything, and we'll just apply the pressure of a rebuke to it, and we'll just see the Lord work. Amen. I need the mentoring team up here real quick. I need the the restored life team up here real quick, and uh, the prophetic team just come and line up. And just prepare to minister to people. Would you do that? Some of the elders all need you probably. and We'll just dive in here and get ready to minister to people. So as you come forward, just uh, find either a couple that will minister over you or uh, find somebody single, ladies with ladies, if if that's good, guys with guys, or uh, there's some married couples up here ready to pray over you. So just come, just come, just come. We'll close with worship. Just come, though, any issue, any issue. We'll just dismiss it. We'll see the Lord work this morning. See the Lord work this morning in power and in grace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
1: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord.
0: Hallelujah. 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 Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Shabbat shalom. You said that you would pour your spirit out. Shalom. You said
1: that you would fall on sun. So like the rain. To like let the rain come to win Jessica healing jesus you said that if we ask we'll receive right now so we're asking for T G-